This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. What's up, everybody? It's episode 72 of Beers in the Lot. So here we go. This week we talked about World Junior Championships, and specifically Owen Power. And that led to a discussion about how Buffalo's just got a clean house. Speaking of organizational ops, somebody at the Coyotes needs to turn auto bill payback on. Zing! All right, here we go. Let's do beers. I had a premature crack. Premature. (laughs) Sorry. Doesn't happen often, right? No. What do you crack prematurely over there, Daniel? So I have a uh, Adroit Theory Brewing Company, uh, Operation Warfare Insurgency, Hazy Imperial IPA. Sounds like a new Call of Duty. Yeah. (laughs) 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 I'm frightened. Well, I also ha- I also have the expansion pack. I have a sipper tonight too. So, uh, apple pie moonshine. So, oh, there you well, go. I-, I might be slurring by the end of this. Uh, gonna get belligerent. <laughs> I like that the expansion pack. <laughs> what do you got tonight, John? Flying dog, snake dog IPA. Yeah, just. Long weekend. I'm still I'm still trying to like <laughs> gather everything. Riggs, what do you got this evening? I also have a flying dog beer. Dun dun dun. Uh, yeah, I have uh the truth unfiltered called mm. obscen obscenity, which is ah. uh that's good for us because we use a lot of obscenities. <laughs> and it has hey. a it has Lenny Bruce's mugshot on it uh, from when he got arrested. Uh, he's a famous comedian, right? Back in the 60s and, and whatnot. And um, he was arrested for violating uh, the New York State obscenity laws uh, <laughs> back in 1964. So uh, it is the unfiltered truth. The whole truth. Yeah, Nothing sort of but. like us. We we filter ourselves a little bit, though, right? So a little bit, not the not the language, but maybe other things, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Aaron helps with that too. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That's my yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. And what does Aaron have tonight? What do you have, sir? Coming out of my uh, beer subscription pack, I've got something from Green Man Brewing. Down in North Carolina. This is an ESB special amber ale. Oh. It's actually pretty good. Wait. Hmm? ESB. ESB is what it says. Okay. Green man ESB. What is what you, does that mean? Usually ESB stands for extra special bitter. Oh, well, maybe it's extra special blend. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's not bitter at all. Okay. 
I was gonna say. How is it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's it says on the side here it's got a blend of British malts and hops to create a nutty aroma. Interesting. I, I don't get a whole lot of bitterness or it tastes pretty good. I like it. Interesting. Actually yeah. went to that place uh when I was down there and uh they had one of the best burgers I've had. <laughs> Where? Green Man Brewing. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know, was it like a food truck or no, it was like it was like a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, it was nice. I don't know what it is now. I'm sure it's expanded by now. Usually breweries that do their own food have like the best food. I will say there are exceptions. And I don't know if I should tell the story or not, but I won't say the name of the place or where it's located, but I recently went to a brewery. <laughs> <laughs> he told uh, me this <laughs> for a late lunch early dinner uh their beer was good it was decent like they had good stuff the food like the menu looked awesome they had this buffalo chicken cheesesteak sandwich which i love buffalo chicken and i really like uh cheesesteak sandwiches so i thought hey i'll try this out it came out i think it was like half of a chicken breast cut up into chunks with mm. three drops of buffalo uh <laughs> sauce on it <laughs> uh what two, a joke like two pieces of sliced <laughs> yeah. uh cheese that were barely melted and the biggest sub roll you've ever seen right? uh. <laughs> so it was all bread no sauce very little chicken and weak cheese and oh, and a whole like almost a whole sliced up red onion on it, which <laughs> oh, I'm not about. Like I like onions, oh, yeah. but oh my! Like there's a limit. Anyway, that's so, a, lot a limit. Of, a lot of red onion. So most breweries have really good food. <laughs> <laughs> if you're making anything with uh, buffalo hot sauce, it's got to be swimming in it, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Just, you just, cannot put enough brown sauce on. Yeah, if it isn't as orange or more orange than gritty, I don't want it. Send it all back. Like, I, I don't freaking want it. And like Eric and I were saying, especially like in this area, like we're kind of spoiled. Like the beach in the bay, if you go to a deli, like any experience I've ever had in that area, like the bay or even the beach, you go to like an independent sub shop or like a mom and pop kind of sandwich place. The subs and the deli sandwiches are phenomenal. Now I'm not saying we're like Katz's Deli in New York or anything. Nothing world renowned, but like you are, you order a chicken cheesesteak. That's pretty simple. Like, and if the chicken is like closer to tenders than like a chopped chicken, like right, that to me is a red flag. Like, like this clearly, that. this clearly wasn't chopped up and fried. It was like baked and pulled out then, of a frozen bag and baked. Right. Yeah. And, <laughs> or or maybe they waved it. I don't know. Like yeah. but but it it was, you know, cheesesteak, right? Whether you make it with traditional steak, beef, or chicken, like it should be chopped up and fried with the onions, right? And butter and all that stuff, like or whatever they fry it in. I don't really know, but uh, <laughs> chicken frying <laughs> stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's got to be something fatty, right? Like yeah. <laughs> something good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, 
I'm actually surprised. I actually have caught a lot of the games this year for this tournament. World Juniors? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch any today, like, at all. I watched Canada and USA yesterday, but I didn't watch any today. Yeah, the USA game was good. Yeah, I watched a good chunk of the Sweden game yesterday. I'm watching it now. I was watching Germany, too. Both games for Germany. Uh, The Canada game I watched, but was kind of aggravated halfway through. But, yeah. How do you, how do you, what vibe do you get on the tournament so far, Daniel? What vibe? Oh, it's great. Fast. Kids playing hockey. I love it. That's the only vibe I get on it. Yeah. How do you feel about like the 50% crowd? Uh, So I've actually had a lot of these games on in the background. So I've had the volume kind of either off or down. (laughs) Uh, I was working today. I had it on in the background. Um, so I haven't really noticed any like atmosphere, uh, anything like stand out to me that just makes it like, oh, it's less boring because they don't have as many people in the uh, in the stands. But from what I've seen, it's it's been some good hockey. So I don't know. What about you? Like it? I'm actually interested because this is one of the first. I said you guys on the group text we had. It's one of the first. World Juniors, where a lot of the kids actually, a ton, actually, I think like every kid in the top grouping that went early in the draft is in the tournament this year. So we got to see Owen Power last night. Askarov actually got yanked in his start, which is interesting. Um, I mean, all right, Owen Power's Canadian, so whatever, but I'll say it like he had some power play goals. Like, we don't need to get into that. Eric and I were. <laughs> kind of bagging on him on our group deck about that like everyone's like he got a hat trick I'm like it's a five on three of course he's gonna get shots like, <laughs> like come on well, um you know what's interesting about that though is like there was a point in that game where they kind of gave him the green light because they were they were down right yeah, it was they three were, one they they were down three one at one point right so they're losing to to the checks and they clearly changed something up after they started getting those power plays because after, you know, he scores, okay. Then he was all over the ice. He looked like he looked like Victor Hedman. Like just all over the ice, making stuff happen. First guy back, first guy in. Like it was it was kind of interesting to watch that switch get flipped by the coaching staff. Yeah, he he looked really he skated really well. He looks like he, I definitely say like you could tell he's at a different level versus a lot of the players he's playing against. And even on team Canada too, like he definitely looks like I'm not saying consistently the best player on the ice, but you could definitely tell like this kid operates at a high function. He He's fine. Well, he, he played for them in the world championship last summer, didn't he? Yes. Like yeah. significant minutes too. Not, not like, you know, Oh yeah, he didn't. He didn't go and like was a seventh D. Yeah, yeah, he didn't. He didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think too, maybe especially with the Michigan group he has this year, where there are a lot of kids that are you know high draft picks and not just that, like highly skilled draft picks. This is a good chance for him too to kind of not saying it's been a knock on it, but we were even praising early in the NCAA season, like man, look at this this Michigan team. They're so deep. Blah blah blah. So. 
not saying he gets overshadowed because he's like the top billing, but I think this is a chance for him on a really big stage to kind of show like, oh yeah, everyone wants to say it's like, you know, I'm part of the Michigan bandwagon, but it's actually the Owen Power show. So, but Maddie Berniers looked pretty good last night for Team USA. I was somewhat disappointed in the game overall, 3-2. I don't think that's good for them, but. Yeah, I think I think they came out a little apprehensive. Uh, especially since they had some troubles in that exhibition game against Finland. And then, you know, they got that first goal on the power play and things opened up. They started using their skill. They dominated uh, zone time and puck possession uh, for most of that game, for most of halfway through the first period and then, you know, through the second. And then, you know, Slovakia, which we had talked about last week, you know they work hard and they're always in games and they made it interesting so it was kind of cool to watch but yeah i thought i thought Beneers looked good probably didn't get the offensive produ- production that he wanted to start out but you know he's a solid he's a solid two-way player too i think that's kind of the difference between him and uh like Zegris last year Zegris was all offensive flash and flare Beneers is really about that plus playing defensively and playing responsibly protecting the puck um and all those good things you know that coaches talk about so yeah i thought first real game out logan cooley looked awesome i mean john you brought him up before he looked great and that um he he skated really well and I actually thought like that goal that he gave, I oh, forget who scored that goal. But especially if you notice, he got the puck at the point and it was a very awkward puck to get as a left-hander going to essentially your cut in on the right side at the top of the slot there. He kind of picked it up in stride and slid it over in two motions and kind of, I wouldn't say he telegraphed the pass, but like you, you could definitely tell he was like jazzed to play. I, I like that. I mean, it's cool to see, especially young kids like that, get a chance. And Canada had uh, Connor Bedard. I actually think like he looked really good in that game. I think like strength wise, because he's underage, obviously, like he did get pushed around a little bit. But there were three or four times where like he's in a spot to get a puck, and you're like, man, this kid is, he knows what he's doing out there. Well, that, that was another player where Canada, I, I think coming in the game, like the TSM broadcast kept saying, Oh, but you know, Bedard is uh 13th forward on the bench. Yeah. Not gonna get much time and everything. They got down uh and they needed some production, and all of a sudden he's up, you know, with some of the big boys. Uh and I thought he looked really good. So I mean, there were a few times, like I said, in the corner, he kind of was going for a puck and got out muscled, but I mean he's 16 going against a like 19 and 20 year olds. So like, and and that's kind of the thing too. Like he has the mind and the skill to get to certain areas already with the puck or get in a position to receive the puck. So give him like another two years. If he potentially goes to the tournament as an 18 year old, I think I'll do pretty fine. Like I'm sure I'll do very well. If he even, if he even makes it there, somebody doesn't, uh, you know, after he gets drafted and then they say, you know what, uh, we're going to keep you here and you might not get yeah, to go. Whole, I mean, hopefully he doesn't end up in some organization where they want him in the NHL right away. I, 
I mean, I had a, it's kind of funny. We were talking, I, I met up for lunch with a buddy today and we were talking about like caps and pens and how they drafted. And we were kind of even saying like, you know, certain guys in both organizations, it almost would have helped them a little bit more. Like we were saying, like if Tom Wilson had one more year, like in Hershey, maybe offensively off and he turned into a very good NHL player. I'm not saying it. subtract all the nonsense with player say, safety, he's, he's with player fine. safety. Yeah, he's doing fine. But like, imagine if he had one more year in Hershey to kind of develop the offensive skills. We all kind of said, like, you know, you can get his mojo there, and then instead of coming to the league and hitting from pe- people from behind and jumping up in the ice, jumping up in the air to hit people like he was trying to score goals, that would have been impressive early on in his career. I I still say he <laughs> I still say he he was unfortunate in the coaching staff that he had when he came in the league. And they kind of pigeonholed him into a role that, yeah, you know, it, it 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 evolved from there. And it wasn't until maybe a trots or somebody comes along that he, you know, turns that corner and refines what he had in juniors and and all that good stuff. Well, that's kind of it's kind of funny you mentioned that because remember Nicholas Backstrom's rookie year. I forget who the coach was. Was it Glenn Hanlon still for the Caps? He he put Backstrom, Donald Brashear, and I forget the other line mate he had with him. And I remember like even me going like, who came up with that line? Like who, who on the coaching staff was like, this is going to be great for his development. Like, <laughs> oh my Lord. Like what is going on? But it's so important. I mean, even, even, you know, you were joking either today or, or last night about Owen Power. Like, oh, yeah, he gets the hat trick in the World Juniors, but he's drafted by Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, <laughs> what happens, what happens when that talented it. player ends up, you know, in Buffalo, the, in the state that they're in now? <laughs> Can he even help them? Uh, you know? No. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Right. <laughs> because, all right. <laughs> I. <laughs> That's a loaded question, but honestly, so if Owen Power is an offensive defenseman with really good skating ability and also too, like he can start your rush, do a lot of stuff on your power play. That's great. But if he spends 99% of his time in your defensive zone with a suspect goalie and suspect (laughs) defensive core already, and they have Darlene, but like power is just a better version of him. So you have two guys that are really uber talented in the offensive zone as defensemen, but they got to play all their time in their other end. I mean, (laughs) and if uh, Trevor Zegers and Sonny Milano come to town every year and do the dish again, as they called it, which I kind of like, that's kind of clever. Oh, I like that. I know. Yeah. I like that. I heard that. I love it. Uh, (laughs) They're going to do that their entire career like that. Like watch Owen Power will end up on the Sabres and it'll be one of the guys standing by the goal, just watching people do stuff behind the net. You watch. <laughs> Be sad. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen, but like, geesh, it's just, but where does he go? Like where, like, would it serve him developmentally to go down to Rochester and play with like Peyton Krebs and some of the other guys they have down there? Well, it probably would. It would, but at some point, like, let's say he goes there for the first year. Let's just say, like, maybe he does 
this year at Michigan and then decides to go play in Rochester. Okay. So he's there for a year or two with Peyton Krebs. Alex Tuck actually was supposed to make his debut there. The piece of the Jack Eichel trade. And what, what leads you believe that anything Buffalo will do with the draft picks they got from Vegas, they'll do anything with. Well, Buffalo needs them up in the big club, though. If they want to do anything at all, like they want to win any kind of games, they need somebody up there. They need how many games do they got? How many games realistically do they have to win to get to the playoffs, though? 40, 40 couple. You have to get 80, 90 points. So how are you telling me that one guy's, especially in that team, is going to make a difference? Not one guy, but they need all the skill they could get up in the big club. They need anybody that has skill. I mean, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but they need to get guys with skill on that big club to try to win some games and put fans in the seats. Yeah. To, they got to put butts in the put seats, butts in the seats to maintain and save the franchise. Like that's what they need to do. What if Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs played for the Sabres? You think they'd fill the seats then? Who's All that? Bills Moffitt, the quarterback and the wide receiver for uh, the Buffalo bills. Bill's oh. mafia. <laughs> I don't, I still don't like it's sad. Cause like, that's a great hockey market. But when Ryan O'Reilly left that organization and went to St. Louis, he straight up said they have a losing culture, a losing mentality. So a young Owen power is not going to change that. Well, they need a clean house. They need to get Eichel out of there. Well, they already got and Eichel. They out got of him there. Out, yeah, they, they needed gone. to get him out of there because he got <laughs> too ingrained into the culture. Bye. So, a high skilled guy who gets ingrained into a losing culture turns into the losing culture. Yeah, look at Phil Kessel in Arizona. So, Sad. you have to get, you have to move him out. You have to clean it out and just start from scratch. If they could, if they could just swap clubs. Put the Rochester Americans on the ice in Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, it might be a step in the right direction, honestly. <laughs> Get everybody out of there in Buffalo and start fresh. Just scorched earth. I mean, that's that's what you got to do. It's the only way you can change the culture. <laughs> Savers, you've been relegated. You're replaced by Rochester. <laughs> they do. I, and that's everybody, though. That's the front office. I mean, that's that's all of it. That's the whole organization has to be turned upside down in order to try to change that. Yeah. Or it just needs a massive shift. You could do it gradually if you have like most of the people who are new ish and not thinking, hey, we're going to go out and lose tonight again. So long as you can change that mindset in most of the organization, then you can change it. But you also do have to win some games. So just saying, just being positive, but also having a shitty team is not going to work. So, or or at least just have some entertainment value. Yeah, yeah. yeah put some like, exciting players on the ice for one. You know, I mean, yeah, somebody like I mean, like Jack Eichel. I mean, oh, oh, wait, they already tried oh, that. My oh. bad. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and two, it's kind of like they had Robin Leonard there and Robin Leonard had a lot of mental issues when he was there and whatever. That's not our business to talk about, but like he, he turned it around after he left, he got a support system and whatnot. And you don't know, like if 
was part of it. The culture was part of it. Everything yeah, else. Yeah, because he wasn't like, losing anymore. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Well, I don't it helped know him mentally. That, but, well, that helps everybody. But oh yeah, well, like they've had they had Ryan O'Reilly, they had Robin Leonard, they had you know Darlene's there now. Like I said, they had Tuck who came from a good organization in Vegas, and because he's from Syracuse, like he clearly wants to be there, like in Buffalo. So that's a good start. But you need, you need a little more than that. I don't. And they, I mean, look at like Casey Middlestat. When he left World Juniors and he was going to Buffalo, we were all like, man, that kid's going to be great in the NHL. And he started in the NHL and he, he's been very invisible. You don't, I mean, it's sad because like he has all the talent in the world. Maybe he should have spent more time in Rochester. But like you said, Aaron, you got to put butts in the seats. So. You really do. I mean, you can't keep a franchise going if you're not paying the bills. So, yeah, yeah. Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Oh, sorry. The lease ran out. My bad. Yeah, you mean taxes, not bills. Oh, they paid the bills, just taxes. not the taxes. So. Yeah. Okay. Landlord came knocking. <laughs> it's the first of the month. Get up, get up. No. no, it's like the it's the scene oh, in the Big Lebowski. That's what it is. Hey, yeah. dude, it's the, it's like the 15th. Oh, okay. Oh, far out, man. Far out. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Rent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just when you get a chance. <laughs> Slip it under the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of how they, they tell it. <laughs> I'm, the thing that pisses me off in a funny way about the Arizona thing. So, like. Think about how long it took the city finally before they're like, you know what? Fuck this. We're going to go to a reporter. This is just asinine. Like, like think about that. Like that's what it took. Uh, the government was like, Hey, uh, like, can you imagine like a, is it like deep know, throat? <laughs> <laughs> they had to get like someone got tipped off. I know. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Like how, how far, I mean, yes, clearly a year plus of like their back taxes. <laughs> like, can you imagine like finally like somebody in the office is like, I'm sick of calling these guys every Monday. It's so annoying. I can't do it. <laughs> like someone in the Arizona accounting department's like new phone, who dis? And then just hangs up like every, <laughs> every day. Like, uh. <laughs> and that, and too, like that's such a shit look for the league. Like what? Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Yeah. Really, like, <laughs> Come so on, bad. man. It's so bad. <laughs> it really is, though. And Arizona is one of those like pet projects of Bettman and a couple like the the big names for the NHL. Like they want Arizona hockey to be good. Like it's like they they're forcing this market in Arizona, and the franchise is ultimately what people are going to see the most and. If they see this, looks bad. The the couple times they had runs in playoffs, they there was a strong fan base there, and you know Correct. the buildings buildings were crazy. And I think if if you listen to interviews for players that played on those teams, it was a good environment, and they had they had a good experience there. Um, but. I don't know. It just seems like it's not going to work. And at what point does the league say, "Scott, cut right, your losses"? Yeah, enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
especially with news like that starting to come out. Cause if that's, you know, we say it all the time. If that's the public news, what else is going on? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Right. What well, else that, is going on? There was that talk when they were in the bubble, the, you know, Oh geez. feels like it was a billion years ago, but it wasn't that long when they were in the bubble, the players weren't getting their NHL per diem from the team. Like the team was supposed to pay that. So players weren't getting their per diem, which was guaranteed to them, not just in general with like the CBA, but like you sign an NHL contract, you are on an NHL roster, you get your per diem. So that that's a black eye. Then they have this. And then there was talks. I, I found it comical, like all the, they wanted, there's a arena like in Tempe or something. And they said, oh, if we put $10 million, we can get it good for like three to five years while we're building another arena. And I'm like, Dude, you guys can't pay a million dollars in taxes. Where are you getting ten million dollars to refurbish an arena? Like, where, where are you guys doing that? You're gonna call JG Wentworth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then that's it for this one. Hey, before I let you go, be sure you're telling your teammates, your coaches, your friends, your refs, everybody about our show. If you like it, tell them to give us a listen. Also, we really appreciate your likes and ratings and subscribes and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, and all your other apps and podcatchers. Jump on over to beersandalot.com for the Discord info and Patreon info. We've got koozies and pint glasses and some other cool stuff if you sign up there. So thanks again for the listen. Hope everybody has a happy new year, and we will catch you next week.